Welcome to Shockers and Cuss Words, a podcast that dives into self-improvement, completing goals, and overcoming modern-day obstacles. I am your host, Catherine, and together we will address our fears, establish self-awareness, and complete self-growth through honesty and reflection. Remember to please like and share this podcast. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. And today I have my special guests, Amanda and JC, who are my friends. And I'm really hoping I'm not like laughing all the way through this podcast (laughs) because this is kind of kind of like a serious topic, but I will try to... uh, not be giggling through this whole podcast, but it might be a challenge. So, um, Amanda, JC, welcome. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you two. <laughs> okay, I will go first. <laughs> My name is Amanda, um, and I am a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse for going on 10 years. And uh, before that, I was at LVN. And then before that, I was a ward clerk. And um, I met my husband, JC, through work. He worked for one of the local ambulance companies. And that's basically us. Okay, JC, now you have to introduce (laughs) yourself. Let us know a little bit about you. Uh, I'm JC. I'm a man and his husband. Uh, and I, I started in EMS in 2003 in San Joaquin County um, and spent my whole career in this county. And in, oh, what year was it? Last year, 2021, yeah. April of 2021, I left the industry completely and have started new adventures. Yeah. So um, for you guys as like a, a group, because this podcast is really a based about like helping people, especially people in like the healthcare, um, in the healthcare setting who work, you know, work as first responders, nurses, also just people who are just working every day and seeing like a lot of like trauma and seeing a lot of fucked up situations. Would you say that like when you two met each other, because you guys were both literally almost in very similar, but different like work environments, did you almost feel like a strong connection? Like he knows or she knows what the fuck I'm going through. Um, yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things that drew us together. But then on, in addition to that, at times it's almost the opposite where it's less compassion because it's like, okay, I'm doing the same things you are and not, not both of us can come home and be in a bad mood because of work. Right. Because what, yeah, yeah. And when you guys were both working together, well, you, you guys did see each other like at work. Was that kind of weird? (laughs) Like, <laughs> so I, I never, I never dated within the industry. Amanda's mm-hmm. basically one and done kind of date in the industry. Like, <laughs> <One and done>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, 
it was never something I was really interested in. And then, you know, I kind of at that stage in my life was super open minded with everything. And like, you know what? Like, this girl's hot. <laughs> this girl's she hot. would probably get it. Like, that was, I think, what affected me earlier on was I didn't wasn't able to come home and vent and talk and the the verbiage was completely different. So after, you know, dating for a little bit, it's like, well, wait a minute, like, you know exactly what my day went for. She, she would have already heard what my day was like and, you know, call me and be like, well, how'd you hear about that? She's like, I mean, you know, EMS is loose lip people. It's not like secrets are kept very well. So right. if I had a bad call, she'd have heard about it probably before I even got to the hospital with the patient. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a perk, but that wasn't something I was looking for at all. It, that just kind of worked out in that sense, you know, and then seeing her at work, it was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I thought right. it was cool. Like, you know, or, you know, I have a question about something. I'm in an argument with somebody. I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to text my wife and see what the answer is. Cause she's a nurse, you know, like she's yeah. way more educated than I am. Um, so it, I don't know. It, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, when we were dating, it was fun. And then when we got married, it was, we not we wouldn't see each other as much, but it was a little different then because we were married and together all the time. And it wasn't as exciting to see each other at work then. I as, thought it was all <laughs> right. As when we were dating, but yeah, we would see each other. We'd exchange patients. Um, there's a couple times that we didn't see eye to eye on patients. Um, mm-hmm. That might just be specifically but right I don't know I, I thought it was funny when um we did start seeing each other when I come back down to work in this area and we were married and um people didn't know that that was my husband <laughs> and they was like well you're married and you're really chummy with that guy I'm like that's my husband yeah. right I mean, <laughs> they're like I whoa I mean I don't know I think Hollywood portrays like the stereotype <laughs> that like you know if you're a paramedic you're married to a nurse and you hang out with your entire crew on weekends and like your family, everybody goes around you. To me, that's stereotype. We were, we've been very, um, not, not shielded towards everybody, but we've, we've kept our personal life at home Mm -hmm. and our work life at work. Now, granted, you know, our personal life, we'd, we'd still talk about work, but it was, it wasn't, battles with each other it was hey this is you know what I did at work today whatever and then when you're at work like we're at work I mean I never felt like anybody knew our personal life I don't feel like and like she said she went months people didn't even know we were married you know I, I didn't run around and say oh you know my wife's at this ER today yeah and I'm sure <laughs> she didn't say my husband's on this rig today like right you know people figured it out eventually as you know time went on but you know, we, we, we both had ideals of family and person and space, right? Like not, it's not secrets, but you have to be able to separate life from work. work. And I struggled with that early on in my, in my career. And then of course, when I met Amanda, it was like, holy, holy shit. Can I say that? Yeah. It's called uh, chakras and cuss words. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so I was like, Man, this is, this is kind of crazy, right? Like not what I expected, but right it uh i don't know i I feel like our relationship was stronger because we were able to keep work at work and home at home 
And, you know, I kind of chuckle when people to this day probably be like, oh, who's your wife? And I'm like, you know, so-and-so. And they're like, that's your wife? And I'm like, yeah, like, I didn't even know you guys. Yeah. So, and it's been, what, almost seven years? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's not something that's easy to do in the industry. Right. You right. know, it's everybody's up in everybody's business. So, it's it's not easy to keep stuff at home. Yeah. And I think, like... For people who may be listening to the podcast who aren't necessarily like in the medical um, field, it might seem like, well, what's the big deal? Because you don't really understand like the whole concept of how it feels working in the emergency room and then seeing the paramedics and seeing the EMTs and like seeing the staff on a daily basis and then seeing like traumatic situations and then them coming in and you it's kind of um, a, a strange dynamic, I would say. And um, when, because they're both different like fields, obviously, like you are emergency room nurse and he's on like the front front line. Like I'm always like, I don't know if I can, if I would have been able to like be on the front front line. Like that to me is really like the most you know so I think when you guys like met each other there was probably like an instant like kind of like chemistry because it's like you have that area where it's like okay you both like resemble each other in some ways you know of that consistency of what you guys like see when like for Amanda like when you were in nursing what what was it that was like the hardest for you to kind of deal with working in the hospital working in the er oh gosh um the hardest definitely definitely wasn't ever the traumas or the true emergencies it was the social issues the psych and mental health issues um i absolutely love the trauma side and the <laughs> the um emergency emergencies like the you know cpr in progress or we're putting lines in we're putting blood in like this person could die um i had the hardest part with the social things seeing you know child uh, abuse and neglect um the people who would come in and we couldn't find their families for days to come pick them back up. And they're like a total care person basically who depends on somebody else. And it's a holiday weekend and that family member decided they want to leave for the weekend and, and best right. place to put their, their loved one where they know they're going to get care is at the hospital. Those are the hardest things for me. Um, just to see what society's really made of. And I've heard mm -hmm. that from a couple of younger nurses when they started out who were very, um, I don't want to say liberal, but very like, easy to think that oh this is the way the world should be and then they saw what the emergency room was like at least in our area and we're mm -hmm. like this has completely changed my mind to what society is and that's where right. I struggled with it because when I became a nurse I thought I was going to heal everybody and, and it was going to be sunshine and rainbows and everyone's going to walk out and they were going to want to take care of themselves and they were going to you know they were going to stop doing meth and they were going <laughs> to Right. Yeah, I was here with yeah. everybody. Yeah. And Absolutely. that that idea is very long gone for me. Well, it's yeah. over time you realize what you're capable of and you know, mentally and physically, right? I mean I've, I've worked both. I've worked ER and I've worked in the field. So I've yeah. kind of 
I've kind of I've double tip dipped right. in the sense that I've seen both kind of both both sides, right? My, you know, and I and before that, I mean, and that experience kind of humbled me because before that, I was like, oh, here, here's your patient, see you later. In the idea of I got to go pick up another one, whereas when you're in the ER, you're like, yeah, well, have fun driving around out there while I take care of this patient for the next twelve hours in the same bed trying to figure out where to put them like so you know and then being married to a nurse you're like you you, it humbles you and you kind of appreciate he has a new respect I do for sure for sure I mean I I go toe-to-toe with nurses I went toe-to-toe with family members (laughs) and it's like right like I that's how I got my wife I went toe-to-toe with her and and I win like I always do I win it's a, it, this was a win-win duh right. <laughs> but well, it's serious you know I mean yeah if you'd have met us what eight years ago we wouldn't we probably wouldn't be smiling joking laughing at this point in our career no no and I being together we've completely changed each other right and I feel like I knew you both separately you know and it was like <laughs> you could have set this up years ago I worked with Amanda you and Tracy told me she years was dating ago. she was like JC what <laughs> <laughs> but I mean in all honesty like I see with you guys like how you guys have changed individually as a like and then how you are as a couple like just that's why I was like I need to have them on my show because I mean in all honesty I feel like you guys have so much going on like with your family <laughs> with well, like, we're just, sitting in our trailer doing a podcast here, life, like life in general like yeah. how the fuck do you keep it all together <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's actually easy. helpful at times it kind of keeps us on the straight and narrow because it's, yeah, i was have, gonna say it's made us healthier that's for sure. we have no time to divert like from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed our hands are full there's all there's yeah. no downtime so it's made us i think better people we appreciate things we really i i feel like i don't take for granted things that i used to take for granted um just like right now sitting here in quiet talking to you this is a like vacation for us <laughs> Right. This is nice. This is, right. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is nice. We've been yeah. up since five. Yeah, we've been up since five. I've had a garage sale today. Yeah. What? Have, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had our house, our doors painted, and um, all of the trim done for us within the last three days. We've had yeah. people, workers, in and out. So, but it's that's our lifestyle, right? Like, right. That's your go, 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 go. Right. You can't shut down. You can't wind down. And that was kind of my fear when I left the ambulance. I was like, um, like the best analogy I can give it is when you graduate like high school or, or college, whatever, that next day when you wake up, you don't have that obligation anymore, but you still have a world of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now what do I do? You kind of throw your hands up and go, okay. So that I was fearful for that not just because i mean i knew i could do it but mentally was i going to be able to do it right you know it's a big mental game you have to be ready to step away 
Right. And I mean, I, I kind of tried it. We did a little teaser run a couple of years back when I kind of tried to transition to the ER. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, was kind of because, did. yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. And, you know, I worked in the ER and, you know, it just, there's, you know, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy kind of mentality. Like I belong in the field, you know, it's my knowledge and experience and, you know, it's not being used to its fullest potential because it's a, it's kind of a next level thing in the field. I get to, you know, kind of play a different game. So I, I went back to it and I don't think it was a bad decision, but when I left this time, it was for good, good. And it was like, no, I'm ready. Like, let's do it. When you, of course, fortunate enough, my, you know, I'm able to do it because of my wife. Right. Right. When, when you say like you were on the field and you were, you know, on the ambulance and you were on route and you were right there in like in it, what were the things that you loved about it the most? Uh, the relationships, you know, it's, I, I wish I could say it was taking care of people. Cause if you'd asked me that after year three or five, I probably would have been like, I love this because they take care of people. And I don't want to, I don't want to take that away from it. Cause I really do love taking care of people. That's why we do what we do. But the longer you're in it, the relationships just grow, whether you like it to or not. You know, I, I worked with a guy and you know, I'm, you know, Vince Stroop. I worked with him for 10 plus years as his partner on an ambulance. We changed companies together, same day, mm-hmm. same resignation letter, like changed our, I, and, and the crazy part was we went from one company as partners to the next company as partners. Mm-hmm. we just changed the patch basically so it you build those relationships and the crazy part is he's i envy that man for the way he can separate he walks through he walks through the ambulance station door he's at work when he walks out of that door to go home after his shift he is not at work he is going home you you can text with him back and forth but there's no long, hey, what's going on? How you feeling? But that kind of stuff. It's he is a master of home being at home and work being at work. And I struggled with that up until the very end. You know, mm-hmm. Amanda was the one who kind of helped me start to do that. But I was so far into it that it's like, no, you know, this is <clears throat> we'll be better off if I just if I just call quits now. Right. I've been successful. I've done tons of stuff I've seen tons of stuff you know I'm never gonna lose those memories and not all of them are good you know there's there's some that will stick with me forever even no matter how hard I try and erase them it's not it's not gonna go away so it's you know you just be thankful for what you got and Mm -hmm. what you've done and you kind of don't let it take you over kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. When you, when you were in the field and because I really think that like, especially, you know, both me and Amanda, we worked together and we did like float 
nursing. So we kind of got <laughs> back in the good old county days. <laughs> and you guys have built a relationship, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's, I can't help it. Catherine and I were drawn to each other. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's, the, it's the birthday. It's that it's Aquarius birthday. sun, right? It's like... <laughs> I'm a Pisces, Pisces. Right? Oh, shit. You're what? Pisces what? <laughs> Pisces sun? Pisces both. Oh, both. Do you know your, do you know your rising and your moon sign or no? You just know that you're Pisces. <laughs> so you're Pisces. I just son. know that I'm 100% Pisces. 100%. No so other zodiacs in that. It's just full fucking Pisces. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. He's just here. He's, just... He's, he's Pisces ass. I'm here. I'm... I don't know. I don't know. But back to JT and what he loves about it. He's not telling you that he's a hardcore adrenaline junkie. That he this is true. That shit. There's, this is true. The he adrenaline aspect of it. And I FTO new hires. And, you know, when you're. Don't put a dip in and drive 100. Right. right? An like, hour. There, yeah. There's huge adrenaline in it. And not just that, but the adrenaline of somebody calling on you and you showing up and doing what you can for them and those successful treatments mm-hmm. they're never going to forget that this the shitty part about it you you can't remember them all right right yeah but that one person is going to remember that their whole life so you have to leave that image like hey i do care about you you have to be sympathetic you have to be empathetic you you have to relate to your patient and we get 15 to 20 minutes with them right whereas in the er like you know you get 12 hours two days just depends on how long mm-hmm. they're there so but you we have a very short window to get them to trust us so there's adrenaline in that too right like mm-hmm. okay how, you're problem solving the whole time and it's process of elimination was what i always sold my new hires like look start at the worst and narrow it down until you get a handful of things and it, you're basically triaging in your head, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. the worst case scenario? This could be a bleed. Oh, crap. Let me check for bleed. Nope, not a bleed. What's my next one, right? Like, okay, this could be hypertension. Okay, let's, right? So we have a small window and we deal with it. Whereas I bring the patient to Amanda afterwards. I'm like, see, that guy was totally CHF. And she's like, what are you talking about? No, he wasn't. He was diabetic. He didn't even <laughs> check his sugar. Right? And you're like, right. are you kidding me? he's like wait a minute all that thinking i did (laughs) all that pisces man thinking i did that's what it is right oh yeah crushed by an aquarius sun (laughs) (laughs) there's adrenaline in it don't get me wrong and thankfully i never had any wrecks you know on the ambulance i got to come home to my family every night and you know i got to do a lot of things when i went on strike team and you know i worked fire for 10 years too so I tried a handful of things and, and there was an idea of trying to go law enforcement for a little while. And then COVID hit and we we're like, yeah, okay. There's just, there's our sign. Yeah. We don't need to go law enforcement. Um, but you know, now it's probably a great decision. Like I'm a completely different person because I've kind of accepted everything and I've accepted the past. Like, Hey, I did this for a while there. It was a pride thing, right? Yeah. It was, I can't leave because my kids think I'm a hero. Right. And they're never going to know, at least the younger two, 
are never going to know or remember daddy working on the ambulance and coming to the ambulance station and having dinner with us or, you know, eating ice cream with us, something like that. Whereas the older two completely knew what I did. They know what I do. And that's going to be a part of their memory. So I had to kind of swallow that pride too Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, my wife's going to be there forever. My kids are going to move on one day. So does it really matter if they care that daddy worked on an ambulance or not? You know, Mm -hmm. all they care about is the food on the table and, and all that. And I think what kind of helped out was we were working 24 hour shifts and, you know, Olivia has autism and James is epileptic now and being away i went on a strike team for 10 days gone 10 days gone and when are you coming home and it's like i don't know when they release us Mm -hmm. and that was kind of eye-opening that was kind of i would say that period of time where i was like you know what i've kind of fulfilled what i wanted to do you know i've i've done these things i've seen a lot of good stuff i've seen a lot of bad stuff let's move on with our life my life at least and career-wise but now I'm home more with the family. I'm home with the kids, you know, and I said it, we were interviewed in another podcast and I said the same thing to them. I knew it was the right decision when after a week of sleeping in our own bed and we looked around and the kids were asleep at like, I was like eight or eight 30 at night and they were sleeping and it was like quiet. And it'd been like that because now we had formed that routine where dad's home mm-hmm. and it changed so much even with the kids so it was like okay cool now my wife on the other hand like I'm pushing I want her to keep going because I still love the I still love medicine and you know I love taking care of people and I love walking into an ER with my son and being like hey we're here for whatever and they're like oh hey how are you it's like yeah yeah I miss I miss those relationships but I'm okay with my wife taken over and and as long as she can mentally stay in the game because that's the big thing we learned from it was I wasn't mentally right you know like I was mentally drained I was exhausted I was on edge it wasn't fun to be around yeah it was a nightmare and it wasn't like you're trying to do it you know you come home and you haven't had sleep in a couple of days and you just want to sleep and, and, and I don't it, think it affects everybody. I don't think it was so clear until after we had small kids again that of just how like on edge he always was because when it was the older kids, there's no big deal. Like we could pack up and leave the house or I could leave and, you know, didn't have to be around him and right. it didn't matter so much. I could go to work, whatever. But when we had to really work together as a team to raise kids, like small kids, then it became clear that like something's not right <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you can't be this angry right well and that's yeah. a part of your adrenaline right and that it's a dump so you, you dump mm-hmm. and then you gotta refill right so you get two days off in a row and by the end of day two you're starting to get antsy because you haven't had that adrenaline rush and Do- i do you feel like healthcare and especially like the first responders and do you think there's able to really find a balance or do you think it's I don't almost think so. I don't I think that it just depends. It depends on I think for most people it's part of our identity. So it's always there no matter what. There's no turning it off. Um mm-hmm. 
I feel like you see that certain people that stick out that they can do that. But for the majority of people, I don't think that it's, a, unless you're really good at finding outside things to focus on and being able to shut off what just happened to you or what you just saw. I don't know. I, I still, even though I'm not bedside any longer, I still miss it. I still look for like, oh, should I go back for this or should I go do this? Even just reading cases, like it's still part of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Like, I miss that. I miss, <clears throat> I miss like, sitting around talking about calls and, you know, looking at paperwork and being like, okay, this is, I got to rewrite this, you know, because it just is junk. Yeah. And, you know, like that part I miss, right? I miss the radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I miss talking this- on the radio. I miss, I miss driving fast lights and sirens but <laughs> yeah you know it, it was fun but like the adrenaline and the yeah yeah when when you were when you were getting ready to say goodbye to being in the field were there was it just like certain things were like triggering you or just making you more upset or anxious or or you were just like kind of to the point where you're just like fuck this like all together um oh gosh so I heard a story that Jason didn't (laughs) tell me I'll share with you oh gosh what's the story Uh, it's fine so I heard a story because obviously it's a tangled web his partner's best friend is one of my coworkers, and I heard a story that there was a day that they were getting held over in the morning when he was supposed to be getting off, which means that I can go to work, um, and they were going to get stuck over for how I don't know how long or whatever. And that the person I was working with him who knows him very well said, you watched the look in his face, and you knew it was done then, that he was just done. That was it. That was the day that he was just over it, and he was done. He was done getting stuck. He was done with long distance transfers like it was over yeah it i'm i'm pretty sure i know exactly what day that was um and it sucked like it was the weirdest feeling i i didn't have it planned there wasn't a day in mind it it was Mm -hmm. just one of those days and i call it kind of the charlie shantz effect i don't know i don't know if you remember charlie but he was up for retirement and he walked in, he ran a call and said, I'm done. Mm. And everybody mm-hmm. respected that. And he shook hands and off he went. And that was kind of in the back of my head, like, wow, you know, I, I respected him and I still do. I respect him so much that I was like, wow, if, if he knew it was done after doing it for so long, then maybe there is a day where you're just like, this is it. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. It, there was a, there was a pre, you know, kind of a, pre-candle light going because me and Amanda had talked about it you know fairly often for at least a year you know hey what are our options what can we do here what can we do there and you know I wanted to be home more she wanted me to be home more plus our kids you know with them being young and and just life in itself family Mm -hmm. life in itself it was like you know maybe there is going to be a day and I think they're they're before that even happened like during that shift that I had been messaging Amanda saying like I'm done like this is it yeah Um, it it blows my mind because you know when I first started there there was no like you didn't take long distance transfers in a rotation you know you had 
you had one or two long distance transfers come out of an ER, you know, a handful of times a week. It, it wasn't multiples a day from every ER in the county. And that I would definitely say the transfer side of it being a 911 ambulance. Right. Um, and getting sucked into the transfer because, well, we just don't have anybody. It, I kind of built a frustration of what are our priorities? Like we're a 911 ambulance and you're taking us out of a community that I live in to go take somebody to a, a hospital, you know, 70, 80 miles away because they need to rule out RSV. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) right. You know, on a regular basis. And it's like, just you, you really can't just you just can't swab the kid and say right. hey, he's negative off you go or hey how about this here you know here's directions to that hospital but those types of things really started to frustrate me and the you know company I was at the management was more dedicated to that money making side of it which is transfers and I have never felt that way I, I said you know what we're not here that if i wanted to work for a transfer company i'd go work for a transfer company because there's plenty of them out there right and i i would go you know take patients to other facilities but no i work for a 911 ambulance in a community that i live in and i want to i want to be a part of that and it uh it wore on me over a good period of time and then that shift it I remember it. The transfer was on our CAD. It was sitting on the CAD for like 14 hours. And we got held over for an hour and a half, two hours because of it after a 24 hour shift where we didn't sleep a wink. And I just blew up and I was like, no, you can't give this transfer to us. Just let us get back to the station to drop our rig off and they can take the transfer. It's a fresh crew. And the argument was, well, you're, you're already at the hospital. Just take it. And it's like, dude, you have no understanding of personal. It has sat here for 14 hours, but it has to go now to hold me over for two when a fresh crew can take it and be on the road in 30 minutes. What, what 14 hours, what's another 30 minutes. So I was done. I just, I sent her a message on the way home. Like I'm done. I packed up my locker from the station. I told everybody bye. And I don't think they were, I don't think any of them thought I was serious because it, like I said, it wasn't talked about amongst my peers and my coworkers. It was mm-hmm. just bag full of stuff out of my locker and see you later. And I never saw him again. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think like, like I know with like working in the emergency room and I'm sure also like with other specialties in nursing as well, that a lot of us are so formulated like off of the title, you know, the title, the identity behind it. Um, I mean, I knew, like, I knew I was ready to go, um, and move on, but it, it probably was, you know, I would say I started asking people like in my department, have you ever thought about leaving? You think about leaving, you know, do you want to leave? You want to get the fuck out of here? You know, but, but It was just, you know, something that I just kind of like kept to myself and figured, well, if the right opportunity comes, it comes and then I'll go. But you really did like a full quantum leap where you just said, fuck it. Yeah. And I mean, 
but it was hard. It was too. it was hard. Believe me, like I tell everybody, I go, this wasn't easy. It was one hundred percent a leap. Like I, I didn't know what I was going to do afterwards. Like I, my wife kept reassuring me financially, yeah. it's not a big deal. It it, it doesn't it doesn't affect year. us at all financially. It took a year for him to really trust financially. Like yeah, that I have a year of being. I got gone. it under control here. Right. Which, if you, if you don't know me or don't know my background, I was single for years, took care of myself and my older daughter, owned a house, did all that stuff for myself. So it's no big deal. I can hold it. Like, mm. I spent, I've spent most of my adulthood by myself. I got this. Like, don't mm-hmm. worry. And I think that trust had to be, and that was like a different level in our marriage that he was able to trust me that I could do that. And I wasn't going to just be like, one day like well you know what I don't feel like doing this anymore and I I was lucky too that I had really good administration in my work who understood and helped me get to that point where I could be able to be you know sustain our size family well I mean I was circling the train mentally though like he was a I was circling the train mentally I was no I was because (laughs) she she flat out said look like this this ain't gonna work unless Well, you go get fixed like you're you're broken go get fixed or this ain't gonna work yeah, and good. i was, did you know was, i found a great therapist and yeah that was part of our growing together too as the as a couple and you know it was all fun and games when it was two 30 year olds with you know older kids and a little freedom and it was fun and dating and then it got real real quick when it's you know a younger house kids. Yeah. <laughs> younger kids yeah, um, we, had the we have to take care of each other. Both right. of us have priorities. Um, at that time, too, we had we're going through child custody with JC's older uh, son. We were trying to move back here to the valley. It was just a lot. Was we just got married. Olivia was born. Yeah, <laughs> Olivia like, was yeah. born. And, you know, we had some complications. It was just a hot disaster. But um, yeah, we were we were ready to call it quits. And it was kind of a hell Mary of, uh, I went to a counselor, he went to a counselor, um, kind of took care of some underlying things for each of us because we really came into it masking a lot of problems yeah. that we took care of with work. Like, it's okay. I was bottled up for sure. It's okay because I work and I do this. So there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, and it right. was, what do you do? What's your natural reaction when you get in a fight with your spouse? You open up your phone and start looking for overtime now, i'm just gonna go work a couple overtime shifts so i don't have to be around you mm-hmm. right and then super you cool. know but you're not but you're not married <laughs> yeah, to a nurse not cool. so <laughs> when you're right. dealing with a nurse who's an er nurse who says no this ain't gonna go that way and you pick up overtime shifts and then she picks up overtime shifts and now you're seeing each other every day so it's like oh it's this evil game you play yeah. and so it it's we had to get fixed and i was able i was fortunate enough to find somebody that really helped me out mm-hmm. um and then we actually we actually found somebody to have us both together so we we've been through therapists we've been through therapy right. we've done it and i'm not saying it was our saving grace but it definitely for me personally, opened my eyes to like, wait a minute. Wow. Like I'm really broken and this isn't who I am. Like I've not who I am, not who I know. This is what's going on type Mm -hmm. thought process. So it, 
it took me some time to work. I mean, I still work on it. You know, I still yeah. struggle. I still have bad days. I still, there's days she's like, dude, you're checked out. I'm like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But then if she's, you know, takes the kids somewhere and I'm at home by myself, I just, you know, you break down and you have a couple of tears and you're like, what mm-hmm. is wrong with me right now? You know, and I still do it. There's, it's been over a year that I've left and, yeah. you know, I, I still do it. It's, I still have to, what's Katrina say, squeeze my sponge. Yeah. Or for me, I have to get it out. Some air out of the balloon. Yeah. You know, right. and it's, it, it's kind of hard to now because she comes home and it's, how was your day at work? And she's like, Oh, it was fine. Like we don't, we don't have that common ground anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been able to. Yeah, we found other interests. We kind of yeah, brought been... together. Like I'd say the EMS portion and the emergency portion, it brought us together. But through all that, through counseling, kind of by finding other identities outside of what we do for a living, mm-hmm. we were able to merge together. Like yeah. we both like gardening. <laughs> we have we have. She loves. Animals. Oh, she loves chickens. Absolutely chickens. loves chickens. <laughs> And, yeah. and goats actually I she, do love my goats. she loves her goats it's i go talk to my goats every day yeah she so does. if you put a picture last weekend Kay yang and i were chasing down chickens and grabbing them with our hands and putting them into a cage so she could take some chickens home oh so if you could picture that of but me that's... and her running around with right. on, just grabbing chickens up by feet well i love your <laughs> i love your potting videos because that was a big, I like to say I have a green thumb. I, I love landscaping everything, right? So right. that was another thing for me where I was able to put on my headphones, listen to music and just work. If I'm going to take a, and it's gotten as bad to where I'm going to, I move a plant three feet over. <laughs> like right. I dig yeah. a hole three feet over there. Hey, you know what? I want this one over here type mentality. And so now you have to rewire all the plumbing, do all that. And for me, I need that time just by myself just to listen. And sometimes I don't even have music. You know, there's, you ask anybody that's been in EMS long enough, whether they live two hours away or they live two minutes away, they typically don't listen to the radio on the way home. Yeah. You know, it's, they need some silence. They just, Mm -hmm. they need to let their brain just get everything out. So that's kind of where I picked that up. So it's, you have to find those interests. I remember when I met Amanda, she didn't, she didn't, she wanted a garden. She didn't know how to garden. She didn't care about gardening. She's like, Oh, what are you growing there? You know, it's like, this is how you garden. And I didn't push her to do it. It was, she just, we didn't have that common interest anymore. Right. So now we have to evolve into that married couple of one who works medicine and one who doesn't. Right. And she still has to be my support system. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And because like, I see like with couples that I think sometimes people, um, when they find each other, it's because they are connected to either some type of like trauma or some type of similarities that really brings them like united. And they're like, this feels like safe, even though sometimes it's not fully safe. Um, and I like how you guys both brought up the therapy because I've, I've been in therapy since I was 13 and continued all the way 
to adulthood. And then my husband and I both had to do um, counseling, marriage, separate, um, both, you know, and I think couples sometimes think that just because they're entering therapy, that means like, that's the end of like couple counseling. And they're like, oh, we must not be doing well in the relationship when actuality it's like, you're trying to heal the wounds that you've either had before the relationship and that somehow got created other ones during the relationship or, you know, the own separate heal as well. So I, yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not a strong skill. I, I, I had to learn how to communicate with a adult. <laughs> adult. I had to learn how to communicate with my spouse. Right. Right. Like I, but I think one of the good things too, with our generation that when we were, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was that you were weak if you went to counseling or therapy. Cause I can remember being like 2021 20, and I definitely needed some therapy in my life, but thinking, no, like, you can't do that because that means that you're crazy or you're weak or whatever. And then when I had some things happen, obviously in my later twenties, that really made me go, okay, like you cannot take this airport full of baggage into your next relationship. Right. You have to figure it out. So I went to like four sessions with someone through work and then that helped, but it was also just me mentally saying like, I'm not bringing my house with the house I grew up in or the past relationships into this like because if that was the case then you know it was going to fail right and he right. didn't deserve that either he didn't deserve to basically be held accountable for other people so I had to take that adult stance and say no I'm going to fix me before I get into anything else yeah it- well thanks for finding well <laughs> And then, then, you know, what's cool is that, like, um, I don't want to put any of our kids' business out here, but my older daughter, um, she's almost an adult, and she seeked out um, counseling, too, through our insurance company independently, and I have a lot of respect for her for that because, you know, not anything, you know, horribly tragic has happened in her life, but just stresses and just knowing that that's a positive way of coping, she's not... Right. She's not doing drugs or out drinking. Or Let's put it this way. She don't want to talk to us. Yeah, she I'm just right. happy she wants to talk she's to like, somebody. Just, I, I don't want to talk about it. I have a counselor for that. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay. and it's a professional person yeah. that, okay, yeah. cool. Like, go do it. You know, like I, it was a pride thing in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But it, what I learned, I, I learned how to communicate, but my specific therapist, I learned how to, um, I don't even know the word. That the nightmares that I live with, I learned how to live with them, right? Like accept them. Like this is what it was. There's nothing I could have done that was going to change the outcome. Right. Um, you know, I didn't do it. I was there to help, right? Like right. I was, I did what I was supposed to do, and it just doesn't work every time. So and I think that's the problem that I have with like some people who are really like centered in bringing up or where they say like oh I'm bringing up all the trauma so we can heal it like most trauma is never like especially if it's like very eventful or it's something that it will always be like a part of that person so you can't ever fully heal it 
you kind of have to learn to accept it and then live with it, not have this notion that once you heal it, because it's never going to be fully healed. It's just going to be in a place that you accept it and, and live with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was allowing it to develop me into somebody that I wasn't. Right. And, and, you know, going out there and I I couldn't tell you where I'd be right now. Right. Like I could, who knows if I'd even have a liver. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I, I rode down that road and it's like, and I've been failed by the system. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I've been failed. There's EAPs failed me, but I didn't give up. Like, nope, it's not who I am. I got to fix it. You know, there's, there's options. And that's what bugs me is, it's mental health isn't discussed as often or as frequent as it should be. You know, when when I went through orientation, there was no mental health portion. It was, here's your job. This is what we expect. If you don't do it, here's how you get punished. It tosses you the keys to the rig. And, and the thing is like, cause now I'm in an office setting, you know, like, and it's, it's different because it's like, they actually allow us time for that. And it's like, they incur. And I'm like, right. Your computer that, tells you this is where we fucking need it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, wow. yeah, we all have stress and we all have anxiety, but the setting that I'm in versus the setting that I was in, it's like, I feel like that how setting come up- these options weren't there in the emergency room. But that's the problem because that, is they were setting- there. They just weren't presented. Like they were there legally. They're there. And I went through that. Like, Hey, where is this phone number? I need it. Oh, it should be on the wall. It's not on the wall. Well, yeah. legally it has to be on the wall. But for Catherine, I think that she's talking about this. I don't know about the clinic directly, but just thing, other things with that company from being involved with them. Like the 15 minute stretch breaks where your computer shuts off on you or tells you you need to get up and stretch. That never right. happened in the ER. Well, you don't have that because no. you log in. But you log it's out, like, you log in, you log and out. then it's and like, nobody's going to tell you, like, hey, right. it's your or, or like weekly wellness hour where you like the, you know, the managers or, you know, whoever's in charge schedules an hour where basically, you know, there's team building. Well, that's exactly it. I was just going to bring that up. Team building, 100%. It's almost like you need to take um, admin and, I mean, I guess you have charge nurses, right? Like in the field, you have supervisors. Like, you know what? Take those team leaders and say, build a shift based around personalities, who gets along, who works hard, who does, like those types of things. Build the team and your stress level goes way down when the Mm -hmm. team is functioning because when you know you're getting your ass kicked, everybody's getting their ass kicked. It's not just you getting your ass kicked and somebody else sitting on their ass. Yeah. And that. and that kind of stuff. But that's what <laughs> well, really just... they, they forget about that team. They push team building so much at the other levels. But then when you go to that front line level, it's, hey, we're not going to mess with them because they're kind of in the grind right now. Like, let's not piss off the lions. Right. It's mm-hmm. so they, they, the, you fall through the cracks. Catherine, can I offer you some pizza? pizza? Can I buy you some pizza for your short staff day? I want some pizza. <laughs> I love, yeah, because pizza fixes everything. Yeah. No, I don't want pizza. Everything. I want a day off. 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how about this? Does this pizza come yeah. on a day like, off when I can have a beer? the nurse's pizza. <laughs> right. I don't need any more food. Right. And you know, it's really tight when it's little, when little, little Caesars start showing up. You're like, come on, guys. You could have at least got Domino's. Right. <laughs> like, really? You're a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. You guys could at least got something better. It's, it's frustrating, right? So I don't think that when it comes to mental health, it is such a huge out of sight, out of mind for a lot of the business. And I, I say business because it's 100% of business. Oh, I'm business. sorry. It's, it, it's a factory. It is a assembly line. It's pump them through, get them out onto the next one. Like you can't tell mm-hmm. me that's not a business and they collect money on it. It's, and don't get me wrong. The money's great. We get paid great at your certain levels. When you're educated, it makes sense to be educated because the pay is there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so what they've forgotten about is the health of the workforce mm-hmm. and they, they don't push that mental health at all because for mm-hmm. some reason it's still a scary thing to people. Like when I went to my first therapy, and I went to the building that said mental health yeah. behavior or behavioral health. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Like, no, you're not putting me in a green jumpsuit and taking all my belongings when I walk through yeah. the door. Because yeah. that's what I thought. Because, and I'm a, I'm somebody coming from the medical side of stuff. And I was embarrassed walking through the lobby, checking in at the desk, like, Ants get hand, getting handed the clipboard to answer mental health questions. I was embarrassed, but I tell you what, after that first meeting, he goes, all right, we're done. And I'm, I'm sobbing. I'm in tears. I think I said three words the whole hour because mm-hmm. I just sobbed the whole time. And he goes, all right, we're done. We're going to see you next <laughs> week. And I said, the hell we are. I haven't said shit. You're going to need security to take me out of here. Cause I'm not fucking done. <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, and then he got the green suit. Yeah. <laughs> he got the green suit. <laughs> so he goes, we're done. I'll see you next week. When I came back the second week, I was so fucking proud. I was like, I, you'd have thought I was at an AA meeting getting a coin. Like, right. I made an accomplishment. I took a leap, right? Yeah. I didn't know where it was going to take me. As far as I knew it, I was at rock bottom. Like, yeah. Mentally, I'm at rock bottom. I'm about to lose my family. I'm about to lose the love of my life. I'm about to lose my job because I can't mentally show up anymore. And I just let it all out on in front of this guy on the first appointment. Came back to the second appointment and he's like, how do you feel? And I said, I feel great. I still a little choked up, but he goes, now let's talk about some stuff. And I said, okay, cool. Right. So it, it worked out great. All right, we're back. It worked out great, but you have to take that leap. It was the same thing when I left EMS, when I left medicine completely. Like, I knew it was a leap. I had that support system. Just do it. Like, just take that leap. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. For me, there was no, there was no gets worse. It, this, I was at worse. It only can get better from here. And now that's, that's a big portion. I feel like the companies are, are failing, especially in this time 
when we just come, we're coming off of COVID now, you know, new strains mm-hmm. and all that, but a lot of the regulations are being lifted mm-hmm. and it's not as, as, as rough, but it's not like locked down. Yeah. But how did that mentally affect your staff who was there every day with no vacations? Vacations were denied. My company said any PTO you have scheduled is now canceled until further notice. Mm. And at that point, I was top step. I had weeks of PTO and Mm. we had it booked out. And I'm like, well, thankfully, my wife is in medicine, too. So her vacation got canceled, too. And we're like, okay, cool. We're going to work anyways. But like those things affect if they're not affecting the employee, they're infecting everybody at home. Mm -hmm. Mom or dad's not here. Mom or dad's stuck at work. You know, look at those medical professionals that had to stay at the hospital for days on end. And then when they went home, had to look out of a window just to say hi to their family. They couldn't go in because they've been exposed for so long. Like it's not worth the risk. It's not the professional that's being they are being mentally affected, but it's more so the family. Have you heard of anybody coming out saying, Hey, let's, let's get these families in here. Let's offer services to the families of these people while they're stuck at work. Right. Like I don't feel like change that are at that first responder level. I feel like nothing has changed at the upper levels and it sucks. And what are you going to do? You're either going to live with it or you're going to find something else. I am thankful enough to have a family that I am supported enough to make that decision and say, I'm done dealing with it. I want to be a dad. I want to be a husband. Mm-hmm. I want to dedicate to you and, you know, and let's do this. Like, so 18 years, come on, yeah. <laughs> look at my hair. No oh, hair for the, for, for the hair audio. Goes. There is no hair. <laughs> There's no hair, right? There it's no gone. Yes. I'm 38 years old and I have no hair and a white mustache. It's white. Look at it. Yeah, it's white. It is. It is. It's a little you white. You know what Olivia asked me the other day? She goes, Daddy, you're growing your mustache. It's white. Are you Santa Claus? <laughs> getting there. Getting there. <laughs> yeah. So it's mental health needs to be discussed. And yeah. it's a big deal. And it's so many different levels. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only, we can only speak for the medical side. Right. You know, what, how, how is law enforcement dealing with it? How is military dealing with it? How is fire dealing with it? You know, and, and what it's, it sucks. What, what do you think would be like some of the first steps for it to get better? Um, I think on the hospital side, I really think we need to focus on staffing. Um, I think that's the biggest thing uh, because when you can't get your breaks and you're a constant caregiver uh, and then, you know, you had a bad day. So the next day you call off and that next shift's impacted. And with everything going on in our country with nurses getting, you know, sued and put behind bars and. Oh, the one that was arrested in the ER. Just the wildest things that you never thought were going to be a possibility in the United States that are going on right now. I, I really think it starts with one is staffing. Just making sure that they're adequately staffed, that they can get breaks and that patients are being cared for. I don't believe that a nurse who has critical patients should also have the same amount as another nurse that doesn't have as critical patients. It's not fair. That that rides on people. And I think nurses and all healthcare professionals, for the most part, we went into this to help people. And when we know we're not giving 100%, it hurts us very badly. We're very critical of ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> so take so I need to know what what is it like uh a day in a life with uh JC and Amanda? Like this is your guys' reality show. Take, Have you ever watched The Simpsons? The what? The Simpsons. The Simpsons? Are you are you saying you're Homer Simpson? Like you are No, not the Simpsons. <laughs> I'd say if we had to compare to reality show, we would be compared to probably the modern family. Yeah. Modern I've been called Phil Dunphy multiple reality times. TV, it's not. I mean, if we had a reality TV show, the problem is, is I feel like nobody'd be interested. But the reality is, is we probably get millions of views because we're just. I mean, you you listened to us before we started the podcast, trying to figure out how to turn. Yeah, the phone that was pretty hilarious. Before like, before the podcast, we, we this is the best. We we wake up at five a.m. We okay. right we. We get our kids ready. We do all that. Sometimes we go to brunch, right? Sometimes we go to lunch. It, it just depends. Okay. But I can guarantee you this. Dinner is by 5 p.m. every night. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. If we go out to dinner, it's 4.30 because we're getting that early bird special and we're in bed by 7. I'm, I'm serious. Like, really? Like seven? You also have to, here's the problem. It's eight o'clock. Our, we're up. We're upstairs by eight. But here's our issue. You have to look at our our family dynamics, right? Olivia. We're old. Olivia, yeah, we're old. We're old. Uh, <laughs> one of the greatest things about working on an ambulance in this city was, I knew at some point I'd have family members or. Uh, you know, obviously I get in the back of the ambulance, somebody like, Oh, you're married to Mandy. And I'm like, Yeah, who are you? And I'm taking care of them. And they're like, Oh, I'm so and so. I went to school with her. And I'm like, Okay, cool. Like, awesome. You know, I don't know you. I'm sorry. But yeah, so I now I've got famous. Right. Patients <laughs> recognizing me. But celebrity, Central Valley celebrity. Yes. But we, we have, um, you know, we have kids with special needs and without having the medical backgrounds that we have, we may not have made the right choices for them. I, you know, maybe would have stayed at the job I had been at for 18 plus years and we could still be fighting this battle, but we didn't. We had to look at our family dynamic and say, you know, what's most important? Okay, Olivia needs more time, you know, doing this. She had in-home ABA therapy Monday through Friday, you know, for like four hours a day. And somebody had to be here with her, you know, and we educated ourselves on autism. Like it's, it, I became the guy on calls. If it was a possibly uh, patient with autism or somebody on the spectrum that, Hey, they'd look at me and I'd be like, okay, well, I'll deal with it. Like, this is cool. You know, I know how to handle this stuff because it's such a big spectrum that if you've dealt with one person with autism, you've dealt with one person with autism. And and that's the crazy part. And that's what you try and educate your peers on is like, look, like, you know, this is not the same for everybody. It's not like diabetes where if they're too low, we bring it up. If they're too high, we bring it down and we're good. Um, so that aspect being on the ambulance, you know, I'd show up at her school sometimes and have to deal with some stuff and, and we'd move mm-hmm. on. But it's it's helped because our kids and leave it up to us to have two kids with, in a sense, special needs. I 
I don't think epilepsy isn't special needs, but it, it needs special attention. Right. We have to be on alert all the time. And there's nothing more traumatic. I'd, I'd love to hear the 911 call the very first time James had a seizure because I screamed like a banshee. I've been in the field for 18 years. I have looked right. parents in the eyes and said, this is very normal. Everything's going to be okay. They're going to find out what's wrong and they're going to fix it. You're going to, you know, like, don't worry, right? You calm mm -hmm. them down. I have a new empathy for those people because I've, I've been in their shoes now. It's the most terrifying thing on the face of the earth. Like I, I thought I was never going to hear my son's voice again. Yeah. Because what do we do? What do I, what do you train your new people? Always expect the worst until you can problem solve and eliminate to the, to the very least. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that sense too, I was like, wow, like I wouldn't have probably been home. Like I would probably have been on shift mm -hmm. and not have been here to help my wife. And she didn't handle it the best either. Right. I 30 plus years can. combined I of mean 30 plus years combined of medical experience and here you have two of us freaking out in a sense of we don't know what's happening with our child but we do it's accepting it it's getting through it and then the long road ahead of being your patient your patients here we go your child's advocate and mm -hmm. getting them the medical care they need the tests they need and all that so it um being home for them is like there's nothing more mentally stabilizing for me than being around my family all the time like mm -hmm. this is what's helped me and I'm I'm just happy I found it because right if we if we didn't have it then it'd be gone but it's it's tough because I, I don't feel like companies do I don't feel like yeah. companies want want the best for their 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 workforce they say they do and they preach they do but I'm more of a show me like yeah you know, I, I coach football now and it's like, show me, don't tell me. Like, I know you can recite this. Don't recite it. Show me that you know it. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, it's like, no, show me you care about us. Like, mm -hmm. show me you care that my wife is mentally going to be okay after this, you know? And, and I've been really lucky. I, I, I can't complain about my, my job or my administration. They've been nothing but supportive. They've been understanding of jc's position when he was on the ambulance they've been supportive of you know anything mm -hmm. happen with the kids if i gotta hop up and leave because during covid schools were getting shut down you know one day right. be able to come the next day and be like right. come get your kids someone has yeah. covid i've been really really blessed and lucky that i found the job that i found and i think that's been part of what's kind of kept us a little stable too is that um i was out of the er setting how, how long has it been since you haven't been in the ER? Well, I went back for a little short stint in uh, 2019 and left right before COVID hit in 2020. Um, I don't know that if, I have so much respect for the the bedside nurses during all that. Uh, there was times that there was definitely guilt that I felt like, hey, I have this license. I should be going and doing these things. And there was a time when we didn't know if we were going to get called back into the hospital through the, uh, you know, the company that I work for or whatever you want to call it uh so we didn't know if that was going to happen and if it did we were going in with everybody they were pulling every nurse they had so um but yeah so oh I little, even signed up for the state 
yeah, a little hiatus taken for her uh, to go back into it and then went back out and then did a lot of COVID relief. Yeah. Well, I still maintain my license too. Yeah, that's good. Because one day he might go back. I'm not going to go back. But, <laughs> but I mean, you need it for football. <laughs> <laughs> well, my CPR, I need, I need CPR yeah. for football, but you know, I still maintain the other stuff. It's yeah, that's another, that's another step, right? You know, that, I know. I was just thinking that the other day. I'm like, do I go get my ACLS? <laughs> right. Uh, if it's free, I, mean, I don't need it. Just keep it. Just huh? keep everything. Just keep it. You never know what's going to happen in your clinic. You know, it's sad because I'll say I've been out a little over a year. And but I'll tell you what a 911 call is gonna happen. <laughs> right. from I the mean, clinic? Yeah, from the clinic. That's what's gonna uh, happen. Right? Do you guys have a crash card or do you, is that part of it or no? It's it's uh I mean we do have the we do have some stuff. I don't even know if we have you don't need anything. All we you have need mostly is- stuff for uh anaphylactic rea- reactions well, that's good but all you need is a speaker to play staying alive and you do chest compressions until the ambulance shows up exactly that's what every clinic does anyways right exactly if they do chest compressions that's so yeah. funny. i know i i would say every way i've transferred out has had an iv just because i'm like i gotta start an iv <laughs> a 22 in the hand uh, okay. A 22 okay. in the hand? No, 20 in the AC. <laughs> Come on. Those people don't order 20s. Oh my gosh, that's heck of funny. Good for you. Good for you. No, but it's Just fun, in right? case. Like you, it, you get there and you kind of see the world and you go, okay, cool. Like, I've lived this. But there's a sense in pride, right? Like, you, I'm sure when you walked in, you're scared. You're like, oh, it's this is a clinic. I don't really know if I fit in. I need to feel it out. But then over time, you kind of get that sense of pride. You're like, man, I've seen, because not everybody comes from, you know, that other background. So you go, I've seen this, I've done this, but you don't have to tell them. You just show them with your skills and they they appreciate it. They're like, wow, where'd you learn that? You're like, dude, I worked in the ER for 40 years. Yeah. It's 40 years, Catherine. Not you, Catherine, my wife. (laughs) I started when I was four. (laughs) I've never looked back. Yeah. What would you tell people who are thinking about either leaving frontline or the bedside? Um, I would say you gotta, you gotta like look deep down inside yourself and decide if it's the right time. Um, you gotta weigh out, you know, the risk and benefit to everything. There's some really great things about bedside nursing. Um, you know, the availability for overtime is always nice. Um, keeping up their skill set, those kind of things. And then you got to kind of say, is, am I staying because I want to stay or is it because I'm scared and I don't know anything else? Like I'm a really big opponent uh, for if you want change, you got to make change. Yeah. So it's really on to each individual and everything will work out. Yeah. Got a lot of faith in that. Whatever happens. Yeah, JC hates it. When we first got together, I was a list maker and JC was a hippie and just, you know, whatever it is, it is. And now <laughs> we have... And now we have completely switched. I'm just like, yeah, whatever's meant to be. It's, I don't know, from the field side of stuff, it's so hard for me because 
a lot of my decision making was a bunch of things together. It wasn't just one thing that said, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore because of this. It was a lot of things. And I never questioned leaving certain companies and going to other companies. I think that path was just me feeling it out. Like who runs what different? You got tired at one company to another one. I had the opportunity. I deep down and wholeheartedly thought that I was going to retire from EMS at an old age from the company I left. I thought it was my forever company. I thought it was it. Like I, I had made it right. Like mm-hmm. I'm there. I got to a point where I want, wanted to expand and grow and those opportunities weren't there for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you want change, you have to kind of make change and it's like, what are our options? Right. So I think from the, the first responder side of it, the mental game is so strong that you have to take that acceptance part of grief. You have to grieve because you're leaving something. You still have to go through those steps before you become truly comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And I had to be mentally acceptance that, hey, I'm never going to put this uniform on again. I'm never going to drive code three across the city again. Now, I'm not saying leave completely. That's just what I chose. Changing scenery is a huge deal. I did it. I, I had a great time. When I changed sceneries from one company to another company, I had a sense of being recharged. Like, I'm back. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did it again when I tried to transition to the ER. For me, the ER, like I, I felt like my skills and knowledge weren't being used to their fullest potential. So I chose, hey, this isn't for me unless I go get more education and move up that ladder, right? So I went back to the field and I got stuck in that spot of, is this it? Like, is, is this all this is? Like, yeah. there's nothing else? And I think like, you need to be able to recognize when you're starting to get really angry with your job. And oh, that was the thing. Like, yeah. I hated going to work. I hated it. When someone's just asking for something simple and you're irritated with them because they're calling you to do your job. Right. That might be a time that might be a time to reevaluate and see what what do you need to do? Do you need to recharge? Do you need to take some days off? Do you need to take up, you know, working out? Something to put get those good, you know, neurotransmitters going again. (laughs) And see what needs to happen with you as a person. Because if if you can't leave and this is your job and this is what your your income is is fixed to, you you have to take care of yourself. I'm really big about taking care of you, whether it be, it should be whether it be both ways, mentally and physically. You have to sleep, Mm -hmm. you have to work out and take care of yourself and you have to make sure that your mind's right, whether it means talking to someone, you know, it's okay to get medications if needed. It's okay to talk to people. It's okay to say, you know, I'm not going to take up that overtime. My bills will figure it out. I'm going to go to the beach today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and yeah. that's the hardest part. Like I've come from that. I when I met uh, when I met Amanda, when I, I was when I met alcoholic. Jesse, he was but, like, "Why don't you pick up more overtime?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Because I did my job. My bills are paid, right. and I don't need to be there anymore." Right. Than I already am. And I kind of felt it kind of hurt my feelings because I felt like 
well, why am I not enough? Like, why is what I'm bringing to the table not enough? Why do I need to work more? But it wasn't that entirety. It was overtime's available. Why would you not want to pick it up? Like, in in the sense of, I think that's like the the corporations, um, they trick us to make us feel like we need the overtime. You know what I mean? Like, it's either. You better get it before somebody else does. Yeah. The more you work, the more you buy, the more you buy, the more you need to work. And I, I'm not big on that cycle. I'm like Mm -hmm. a minimalist. I am a gypsy soul. I'll live in this trailer if I need to. Oh yeah. I mean, but it's, it's also. (laughs) I'll be here on my garden eating tomatoes and zucchini. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Right. It's, it's crazy because I truly feel like if you'd have done this interview three years ago we wouldn't be laughing, smiling, giggly. We'd be very cut and dry and very stern. Like there's times she comes home and I'm like, dude, you can talk to me like a human being. You don't have to talk to me. Like (laughs) you're dealing with somebody at work. Like it's okay to shut it off. Whereas before I always think now, wow, is that how we came home and talked to each other? Like, and we were okay with it. Well, and that's a problem too that I had was that and Catherine, you worked with me before. I'm very direct. If you, if I need something, I'm going to say, I'm not going to mm-hmm. beat around the bush. I'm going to be like, I need this and I need it now. Yeah. If I told you I need it, it means that I thought about it for the 20 minutes before. <laughs> and I'm more of the passive. It's like, hey, right. maybe you should try this. He hates yeah. me. It's okay. And see, and she's like, no, do this now. Like when yeah. James had his friend, when James had the first seizure, she's like, is he breathing? I was like, I don't know. I'm freaking oh, out. Like, shit. I don't know. And she goes, does he have a heartbeat? And I go, I don't know. And she legit is on the phone with the dispatcher. She stops her conversation with the dispatcher, looks at me dead in the eyes and goes, if you are unsure, start chest compression and then gets back on the phone. So what did I do? I straight, he manned his shirt open, Hulk mania, right? Started thumping him on the ground, doing chest compressions on my kid and he's having a seizure, right? Like we laughed at all of those stories, right? Like, wait a minute, time out. You called 911 after... He's gonna hurt tomorrow. Yeah, he's gonna hurt tomorrow. The dispatcher's like, wait, what's the residence again? <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, but the good thing is, I I had been out of the industry for quite some time, and right. the bosses heard the address and went, Oh shit, I know that address, jumped on the rig. So as I'm bringing my lifeless kid outside, hoping he's not seizing any longer. And that he doesn't have a brain bleed because I truly thought he had had a brain bleed. Mm-hmm. And or either that or he was in VTAC. Like that's why I wasn't afraid to do chest compressions because I'm like, shit, if he's in an arrhythmia, this is only gonna help. And I gave him gave him my lifeless kid, like, here you go. And it gave me that sense of holy shit, you guys still do care. Like, yeah, you're yeah. on the rig today. He's like, No, I just heard the address. It's like, oh my gosh, you still do care, right? So you build that relationship and that goes on forever. I, I still talk mm-hmm. to guys and it, I get those questions a lot. Like. Uh Oh, <laughs> we lost them. I don't know where they went. <laughs> Got it. Right. Okay. All right. We're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But all I, all I was saying is I'm just, I'm happy that, I never, I, I didn't expect people to miss me. I didn't expect people to talk about me. It was just, 
hey, it's good to see you. I'm happy that you guys at least recognize stuff. You know, it's seeing the ambulance, they wave, it's cool, but I don't recognize half of them anymore. It's the turnover has been crazy and it's probably due to a lot of mental health stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. depression and, and it's just, it sucks because the people that I started with, I've seen them trickle out slowly and some of them have been great, great people. They've been great at their jobs. They've, they've, had tons of success and it's like i'll never forget you and to now kind of be on the other end of it it, it feels good you know they'll they'll reach out every once in a while, like how you doing what's going on i mean i still i coach football now so i'm local right so you and still have that sense of community i do absolutely i'm still trying to tie myself into the community as much as possible i just doing it in a different in a different form you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't wear blue now now i wear black yeah I think one of the things too is that we still have such a love and respect for all, all the hospital staff, all pre-hospital staff, and that's still part of us. That's still like deep in our hearts when we talk about things and when we are around those people. Um, it's not like we're not part. Of, even though you don't see us around, we still think about people. We still care about people's families. Yeah. Um, I'd say my message isn't for people to leave. That's, that's, that's not my message. My <laughs> message people. isn't for people to leave. If you feel like you're tapped out, you're tapped out, leave. That's my message is take care of yourself mentally, take care of yourself physically. I went through an alcohol stint and I was able to bring myself out of it before it got bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that was a dark, dark hole. And I want people to stay in the industry and love it and educate and continue to educate and keep working their butts off. I get it. I've lived the life, but I'm now in the shoes of that patient that you're transferring 40 minutes down the road. He said, Hey, I used to be an EMT once many moons ago. You know, I did 15 years on rig and you just kind of looked down like, dude, you, whatever. Right. (laughs) Now I'm that guy. That's like, Hey, I used to work on an ambulance too. Like I don't, I don't do that. I feel like that, chapter has been closed like that's part of my grieving grieving mm-hmm. I've been able to accept it and close that chapter but it it still excites me because I know like my wife is still very much deep into it and tied in and she's been successful with her career and now us making decisions the best part for me is is us making decisions is well what do you want to do with your career because i'm gonna stay home and take care of the kids and you know try and help around the house as much as possible and and be a father and a husband yeah it's it's i want people to continue the grind i want them to continue running 911 calls and i want them to continue to fight for patient safety and patient rights and Mm -hmm. and be good patient advocates Mm mm-hmm The culture I was in, I felt like there was a transition and I needed, I didn't want any part of it. I, I, I come from the generation of no CADs, the generation of a map book. Like if the street wasn't in your map book, it was okay. It's going to take us a little bit longer to get there because we don't have a map to get there. So you have to problem solve, um, radio dead zones, like those 
we had 800 pagers on our hip. We didn't have a CAD sitting in front of us that gave us information. Um, so when all of that transition, it was fun to see the transition, but I felt like I was, I was an old soul and I didn't like the new stuff coming in. I, I didn't, yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm here to work. I'm not here to party with you on weekends. Like I'm too old. Uh, one of the things I want to add is that we need to continue to take care of each other, whether we're on the same team, different teams, we're all in it for patients and we need to start being kind to each other because just because, you know, you're on the streets or, you know, nurses are in the ED or, you know, upstairs on the floors and you're bringing a patient from the ED to ICU or whatever, we're all, we're all in it together. We're all struggling. Right. It's time mm -hmm. to start being kind again because that's yeah. kind of left. Like yeah. I remember on like a Monday, you knew what doctor was working. You knew what the, who the charge nurse was like, those were the days in you could make a radio call in and just the tone of your voice on the radio, the ER staff knew what was going on, what needed to be prepared. I remember calling on the radio saying, I'm coming in with a, a respiratory failure. I'm code three. I'm three minutes out. We're trying to establish an airway. I'll see you when I see you. And them on the radio just being like, okay, copy. And you walk through the doors, RT's ready, x-rays ready, the doctor's at the head. You know, they've got innovation set up. They've got BiPAP set up. They're, they're ready for you just because of that relationship and that tone. Mm -hmm. Whereas towards the end of my career, it got really frustrating when you'd call something in and you'd be looking around when you walk through the doors, like, where's the doctor? Where's the charge nurse? Like, why aren't you getting my info? Why are we not going straight to a room? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And okay, I'll just sit there on the wall. We'll find spot for you. it's like no you did you not hear my radio report like right those types of things mentally affected me enough to say i i need a change i and i think that was probably one of the things that affect me too a lot with covid because i worked through the first variant and then the second and i would say probably if i wasn't outside in the tents I probably would have. Oh, you guys paid. got tents. Oh, the tents are my favorite. Tent city out there. Tent city. I was like, I was just like, oh, I was just like, what? I did not like. This is not what I signed up for, and this right. is not like what the patients should be getting either. Do you know? Right. Like, it was just, it was just so frustrating on so many levels. Like, yeah. how is this oh, even God. right? Absolutely. No, agreed. What did you feel prepared? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Your, your side tells me no. I think I felt prepared for some of it. Like, I remember like the first time I took a photo with the tent, I was like, okay, this is kind of like going to be like a waiting room. And then it turned into a whole ass hospital. <laughs> right. 
and it was, I mean, and then, and then there was times where they were offloading ambulances in the tent. And I mean, it was just like, to the point where I was like, I'm like, just done with this shit. Right. Like, this, you guys like, did a great job. You guys honestly did a great job. So I, I hope anybody's listening that has gone through that time and knows what we're talking about with the tent is that you guys did a great job. Believe me, our son has put us in that ER more times than we'd like to be. And we've been in the tent. We've been inside all that good stuff. And honestly, we're, we've been nothing but happy with our care. And so we appreciate you guys. Yeah. We appreciate that you yeah. showed up to work that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in all I see, you know, the other day, you know, I was thinking like, you know, I probably could have lasted in the ER probably like another five years, but then the opportunity came where I was like, I might never get this chance again. Yeah. Right. Well, when I remember when you told me you were leaving, I'm like, I am literally not going to know anyone anymore in the ED. <laughs> like, who do I call? Who do I act like I'm really big stuff here and go, well, I know so-and-so because now I don't have anybody. <laughs> I'm sure you have somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have somebody. It's uh, it's uh, that that was a time that it kind of proved our weaknesses. It showed our weaknesses, like we aren't prepared for certain things. And right, I'm struggling with it at, at the location I'm at. You know, because yeah. I I am employed by them as well, and and yeah. I, I work a position where I feel like it is my duty to say, hey, these are some safety concerns. Right. And it frustrates me because I get kind of that look from the outsider that doesn't has never lived it or been a part of it. And they right. go, man, you're you're kind of going to the extreme. And I go, yeah, but the extreme would be the actual occurrence. Right. And our job is to be prepared. We can't prevent the occurrence. It's inevitable. It will happen in some place, sometime that that's going to happen. But our preparedness is what is going to make that a tragedy or a close call. And I'm struggling with that. So what I've kind of learned is it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. Those stressors are still there. It's unfortunate that I have these nightmares I live with that make me think about this stuff. That's what I, that's the first thing I see. It's the first thing I worry about. You know, like how, how am I going? What's my egress in in a situation with this? You know, I sit there and I stew. I go, what if somebody, you know, walked up and did this? How would I respond? What's my job? What's my duty? And it's, uh, it doesn't leave you, you know, I mean, sure. Going to your, your transition, like what was your transition? Like, did you, was there ever a, a time when you look back when you're in your office and said you know what I I think I made the wrong decision no (laughs) right I mean there's times I there's times I'm like I miss the ER like I miss the relationships and I miss excitement of it um you know and then there's times I'm like I can't you know I miss the adrenaline of it but relationships and adrenaline right but I don't miss I, I don't think that I made the wrong decision right? or ever so like, or ever like, do I want to go back there full time? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You feel like it's I think I want to go back there for a shift. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just yep. to hang out. Do you ever feel like with um, your husband, 
I don't know if you ever use his name on here, but we'll just call him your husband. Do you feel like things are uh, a little bit easier that you're not under that constant stress? I, you know, what's funny is right around the time that I started to switch out, he went to the OR. So now it's different because the other day he's, you know, talking about like a case they had and, you know, and how he's staying over time and he's short staffed and and it's like weird, different dynamics. Now when I'm like, (laughs) that sucks. Right. 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 She goes, Oh, like when she's on call, she's yeah. like, oh, I got to take this call. I'm like, oh, that sucks. And then like, where'd mommy go? I was like, don't worry about it. She's yeah. got to take a phone call, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you look back on it and go, you weigh it, right? Do I miss it? Do I not yeah. miss it? And there's those times where you're like, wow, I guess I've never kind of noticed that. Like, I don't, right. I don't miss being pulled away from stuff. I don't, I don't, you know what I really love is hot dinners. And I never realized how much I like hot dinners until I stopped working on an ambulance because I couldn't tell you what a hot dinner tastes like. I always tell people that's my favorite thing about JC is because he was on an ambulance so long that no matter what I feed him, he's like, I love it. It's good. I'm like, really? (laughs) He's just happy to eat and it's warm and it's food. food And And I'm not sleeping in the back. Some some bologna sandwiches and grilled cheese. Like like, I literally could could just make a mac and cheese. He's like, I love it. It's the best. (laughs) Like I can imagine some people. I can't imagine husbands that like are like, oh, that's a gross meal. I'm like, I've never in almost seven years heard those words out of my mouth. I just got, he doesn't like salmon. He's been eating salmon all these years and asparagus. Yeah. (laughs) It's no way. Whoa, whoa, time out. It's not that I don't like it. It's, I like salmon to me is like a once a year dish. A once a year dish. Right. Asparagus. Heart healthy. Yeah. Asparagus is like three to four times a year. (laughs) I'm just asparagus and salmon now. I can't eat it once a month. Like that's just, I need meat and potatoes. Like I need. He's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know what? I don't even care. Boil some rice up, throw some ground beef on the on the cooker, little a little cream corn. We're good. <laughs> We're good. I got everything. Like I you learn how to eat. But I will say, since I left, I lost like 50 pounds. And it's probably because like I went to the doctor. I got scared. Man is like, you know what? Something's wrong. Cause I lost it so rapidly. And it's because of the lifestyle change. I don't come right. home and, and need to crack a beer just to take a shower. Right. You know, I don't come home and Stress. Um, stay awake for another 36 hours. And now my sleep pattern's all messed up, you know? Yeah. I come home and now I, I mean, it's just, it's so much different. So for me and, and the decisions that we've made, I've benefited. And I think my family has benefited. And of course my wife has benefited, but, um, it's those simple changes. Don't look into it. Like I have to quit my job to, to, uh, make myself better. Right. Um, but, but don't run yourself down. Like yeah. you need to, you need to kind of take a step back from time to time, you know, we and, and it sucks because when you start out and you're getting paid, you know, minimum wage. Yeah. Definitely. And so and if you want to have bills and and have a life and you have to work those overtime hours and so you kind of are trained from day one that I have to work 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 
Right. As you progress up the ladder or you get seniority, you no longer have to work, work, work because now your wage maxes it and you get to pick and choose when you want overtime and you get to take days off. And so it, uh, it, there's transitions and it, this was the one I needed to make and, you know, just take care of yourself. Like yeah. it's so hard to tell people now, just take care just of yourself. Take, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you guys and you guys are definitely living up to taking care of yourselves. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I should be able to release this YouTube. <laughs> Please don't. I look so bad right I'm now. I'm just joking. Wait, is the video? If anybody wants it's, to come hang out with some goats or some chickens. Or I, do, might, I might have to do some spoofs, not the whole. <laughs> oh, Lord. If you'd like to come do a you pick at our farm, right. we are here for you. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. And everybody, please comment, like, and subscribe to Chakras and Cuss Words and have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.